This is BT Techno, a regular podcast series for financial advisors wanting to remain at the forefront of strategy, regulatory and industry news. Hello everyone, my name is Michael Tran, Technical Services Consultant in the BT Technical Services team, a group of qualified individuals who can help you as advisors answer any technical advice strategy related queries you might have. In today's podcast, I'll be summarising the progress of some of the proposals that are still before Parliament. This includes the measure to increase the Commonwealth Seniors Healthcare Card income thresholds, a topic that we have received numerous queries about since both major political parties included this policy in their federal election campaigns. I'll also touch on other measures before Parliament that may have fallen a bit under the radar. But first, for some context... Last week, between the 5th and 8th of September, Parliament completed a sitting week. Now, this was meant to be the first of two scheduled sittings. However, with the passing of Her Late Majesty, Parliament has been suspended for 15 days with its resumption on Friday, the 23rd of September, the day after the National Day of Mourning. This means that the scheduled sittings that were meant for the 12th to the 15th have not gone ahead and any bills before Parliament will not be debated until the last week of September. As a result of this change in the sitting schedule, this means the bill to increase the Commonwealth Seniors Healthcare Card income thresholds will not pass both Houses of Parliament until after the 20th of September. Now, This is despite the measure having an intended effective date of the 20th of September. To confuse matters further, if the bill is eventually passed in its current form without any amendments and receives roll assent in the last week of September, the effective date for this measure will still be a retrospective date of the 20th of September. In practical terms, although the start date may apply retrospectively, Services Australia is unable to process applications using the proposed thresholds until they are law. The government have estimated that a total of 44,000 newly eligible cardholders will benefit from this increase, but it appears that these individuals will need to wait a bit longer than expected to obtain this card. As a reminder, the current income thresholds are $57,761 and $92,416 for a single and a couple who are not separated by illness, respectively. The amending legislation proposes to increase this to $90,000 and $144,000 respectively. Ordinarily, these income thresholds are indexed every 20 September, but due to the anticipated passing of this bill, the Department of Social Services did not include the index thresholds when it released the uh, September 2022 Rates and Thresholds Indexation publication. This is also because of the proposed large one-off increase, uh, which would also result in a freeze to indexation in this year. Other bills still before Parliament include one that will provide the government with a new power to cap the fees charged by home care providers for care and package management and remove their ability to charge exit fees. For the first measure, home care providers can charge care management and package management costs. Care management ensures a care recipient gets the right supports to meet their current and future needs and involves services such as reviewing the home care agreement and care plan or ensuring the care is culturally appropriate. Package management covers the organisational activities associated with the delivery and management of the home care package and includes the provision of monthly statements and managing package funds. Now, based on the ninth report on the funding and financing of the aged care sector, 
These costs accounted for almost 30% of the care provider's income per care recipient. This cost impost reduces the package budget that the care recipient can use for the purposes of their direct care. So this proposal will provide the government with the power to cap these administrative costs, leading to the care recipient having more in their package budget to use to pay for their direct care. For the second measure, currently home care providers can charge an exit fee, which is meant to cover the provider's administrative costs of ceasing care to the care recipient. This fee can only be taken from any unspent funds the care provider holds for the care recipient, sourced from fees paid by the care recipient but have not been used to demand services from the provider. If the bill passes in its current form, home care providers will not be able to deduct these exit fees from the from 1 January 2023. In another separate bill, there is a proposal to remove the $250 self-education expense threshold, as well as reduce the downsizer contribution eligibility age from age 60, since the 1st of July 2022, to age 55. As a reminder, the current $250 threshold means that the first $250 of self-education expenses per financial year are non-deductible. To be deductible, self-education expenses must have a nexus to an individual's current income earning activities, that is, the study would maintain or improve their skills or knowledge for their employment, leading to an increase in their current income earning activities. If this measure is passed, the first $250 of self-education expenses will also be deductible. If passed in its current form, this measure will apply from the current financial year, so it's another retrospective date. The second measure will further lower the downsizer contribution eligibility age to age 55. You may recall this was recently amended since 1 July 2022 to age 60 from the original eligibility age of 65. If this proposal is legislated, the measure will only apply to contributions made after its commencement, which will be the first 1 January, 1 April, 1 July or 1 October after it receives roll assent. Like the recent amendment to lower the age to 60, the proposal progressively means progressively younger clients will be eligible, increasing the number of people that can contribute more savings into super earlier and gain longer-term benefits from investing in a tax-effective environment of super. It should be noted that all, eligi- all other eligibility criteria for the downsizer contribution will remain. In addition, those at the lower end of the eligibility age will need to consider the fact that these contributions will be preserved inside super until they satisfy a condition of release. While they may have access to this measure, it may not be suitable for their circumstances. Making these contributions earlier may also impact on their ability to make non-concessional contributions later on as the amounts will form part of the client's total super balance in future years. Moving on, a private member's bill which was introduced in the Senate by the by an opposition senator to reduce and remove disincentives for older Australians to remain in the workforce and engage in paid employment. The three measures proposed are to extend the employment nil rate period from 12 weeks to two years, extend the ability for pensioner concession cardholders to continue benefiting from the card for up to two years when their payment ceases, and increase the work bonus to $600 per fortnight. The employment employment income nil rate period allows social security pensioners to receive some employment income which causes their total income to exceed the income cutoff. 
and still have their payment suspended instead of cancelled. If within this suspension period, their income reduces below the cutoff, making them eligible again, they can have their payment reinstated pretty quickly. This is unlike other instances where their means, say for example, their assets exceed the cutoff thresholds, where their payment is cancelled in this instance. This would require the individual to reapply to Services Australia for the payment once they requalify. In the second measure, pensioner concession card um, they usually cease within 12 weeks for age pension recipients or 52 weeks for a disability support pension recipient due to employment income resulting in a new rate of payment. However, the proposal will allow pensioner concession card holders to continue to benefit from, benefit from the card despite not receiving any social security pension. For this measure, the loss of the pension does not need to solely relate to the receipt of employment income. Other changes that cause the income to exceed the cutoff, such as going from a couple to a single status, the loss of rent assistance, which would lower the upper income threshold, can also benefit from this proposal. The last proposal increases the amount of personal exertion income from employment or self-employment sources an individual over age pension age can earn each fortnight, which is exempt from income testing to $600 per fortnight. It's currently $300 per fortnight. It should be noted, however, that the work bonus income bank will still remain at the current level of $7,800 based on this proposal, so any unused amounts of work bonus will not accrue beyond the same point. Finally, last week, the government also introduced a bill to extend the asset test exemption period for principal home sale proceeds that are intended to be used to purchase a new home or build a new home for 24 months an increase from the existing 12 months. In addition, the proceeds intended to be used to purchase a new home or build a new home will also be deemed at the lower deeming rate, which is currently 0.25%, regardless of the amount. Under the current rules, there are no income test concessions for home sale proceeds. If the home sale proceeds are intended to be used for the new principal home, are held in financial investments prior to the purchase, they are deemed under normal rules. So the first 56,400 or 93,600 for singles or couples respectively are deemed at 0.25%, but any excess are deemed at the higher rate of 2.25%. As we're dealing with home sales and purchases, usually the size of the amounts causes the vast majority to exceed the threshold and normally be deemed at the higher rate. This proposal will introduce an income test concession by only deeming these amounts at the lower deeming rate of 0.25%. If passed in its current form, this measure will commence at the later of 1 January 2023 or one month after roll assent. Issues and topics such as this are what our team loves to discuss, not only in our fortnightly BT Academy webinar series, but also when we speak to advisors around strategy and legislation support when formulating advice for the clients. Our next uh, webinar will be BT Academy episode 60, Need an Extra Hour a Day with Brian Ashenden, taking place on Wednesday, the 28th of September at 12 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. In this regulatory and technical update, 
Brian will look at various consultations released by the government, including the quality advice review and professional standards changes, as well as recent proposed changes introduced into Parliament. To register, head to www.bt.com.au slash professional and follow the links to the BT Academy webinar series. Like all our webinars, the session will be available on demand. And if you can't join us live, all sessions are accredited for CPD's purposes. In the meantime, if you have any technical questions, you can contact the BT Technical Services team on 1-800-655-901 or by email to technical at btfinancialgroup.com. Thanks for joining me and until next time, bye for now. BT Tech knows and now you know. Join us next time to keep ahead of the curve for strategy, regulatory and industry news. This podcast has been developed for financial advisor use only and provides general information only. It does not take into account any particular individual's objectives, financial situations or needs.